with you tonight and have an opportunity to share with you um, some thoughts from God's word. As I was thinking about tonight or what to speak on, I was thinking about how James and Ken and I have been given the opportunity to people watch because we're shepherds. And it's like, that's what we get to do. That's what we have the honor to do. And, and when I say that, I mean, we get to try to peer into your lives and try to figure out what can we do to help our brothers and sisters in Christ stay closer and get closer to God. You know, and we can, at this time today, try to blame a lot on COVID and we can be in right in doing so for some things. But you know, tonight, as you see on the board, uh, wisdom regarding Christian friendship is what we're going to talk about tonight. Long before there was COVID, long before there was uh, Facebook or any other social media platform, God provided in his word some thoughts, scriptures about friendship. And, you know, because this is the only inhabited um, planet in any solar system, we have no choice but to, and it is impossible to avoid associations with humans, with one another. Um, I've always said, wherever there are people, I mean, excuse me, wherever, wherever there is a building or organization, there's always going to be people. And while the church itself is perfect, we are imperfect people. And so sometimes we, we mess up. Sometimes we, I don't know, we anger each other. We frustrate one another. And tonight I want to really emphasize this, this thought of friendship, Christian friendship, what we're going to be speaking on. In his all-sufficient word, God has provided the wisdom necessary whereby we can develop good relations with those around us. We can avoid the pitfalls that too often destroy good friendships. There's an old song lyric that as I was thinking about this lesson, as I was writing it and, and editing it and doing more and more on it, that says, uh, and some of you may know it, friends, how many of us have them? Friends, the ones you can depend on. That's what we need in this life here on this earth. We need to help each other get to heaven. We have to put me aside, I to the side and focus on God and help each other do so. Well, a good portion of this wisdom that I spoke of is found in Proverbs, where much is revealed regarding the subject of friendships. And I'm talking about friendships between Christians, friends between uh, us right here within the Anchorage congregation. For example, note what is revealed in God's word about the value of friends. The Bible tells us that first, friends can be a source of comfort. In Proverbs 17, 17, it reminds us that in good times and, and in bad times, friends can be a source of comfort. As you see there, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. In some cases, even better than that provided by a sibling. You, have you had friends that, as the scripture says, that a man who has friends must himself be friendly? You, have you been around folks that have been so friendly and you wonder, what do they have that I don't have? I want to be friendly also. Scripture says, well, you must be friendly as well. There's a friend who sits closer than a brother. Immediately when I thought about this, I've been, I was thinking, of, well, when I read this, I was thinking about 
um, what <clears throat> the scripture says what uh, in First Samuel and now in Second Samuel what uh, Scott and I have been teaching on Sunday mornings about John, Jonathan and, and David and how close they were. The Bible also tells us that the value of having uh, of friends is a source of good counsel. Proverbs 27.9 tells us that counsel that can delight the heart. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. I was speaking with Bob <clears throat> Lawrence this morning and um, about his lesson, and it was a great lesson that he gave this morning. Uh, I was saying, you know, I love it when I can be around members of the body, those I can truly call friends. And when I walk away and we, we separate from one another, I feel like I've grown some. I feel better. In fact, I feel like I love God even more because I've been around that person or those people. And I have to ask myself, and you need to ask yourself, are you that type of friend? When someone comes around you, does it feel like I'm growing, or does it feel like somebody just stuck me with a whole bunch of needles? You know people like that, don't you? People that you're like, oh, here he comes, here she comes. I don't want to be, let me find a different way. I see him in Walmart, let me go the other way. Because I don't want to be around them because I know how they make me feel. We need not to be that way. The value of counsel in general is seen in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where the scripture says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. This scripture reminds me of what we've been doing, at least with the men. I'm not sitting in the ladies' devotionals, but in the men's devotionals. How... When someone has spoken, there is so much encouragement given to that brother about what they spoke on, or there's something added to it, and, and hey, this is what I think you could add to it better, you know, for, for the next time you speak. Again, encouraging that, that brother to speak even more in the future, not just in front of us, but in front of other folks. A friend who offers comfort and can be trusted to provide good counsel Counsel is certainly a blessing, but we must choose our friends carefully, the Bible tells us in Proverbs twelve twenty six, It says the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Consider, therefore, then, some advice on the choice of friends. First, the friends that you do not want. You don't want friends that are gossips. Because the scripture tells us that they reveal secrets. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. And rather spending time on this right this moment, we will come back to gossips. Secondly, I don't, you, you don't need to have a friend that's short-tempered. Proverbs 22 tells us that we should make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. It tells us, lest you learn his ways. It tells us that when you're around that person, you're liable to pick up his or her habits. And if they're short-tempered, you may become short-tempered. We also don't want to be friends with someone who's given to drinking or who is a glutton. Proverbs 23 says, 
in verse 20, do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe the man with rags. We also don't want to be friends with those who are given to change. Now, remember, I'm not I'm not talking about folks out in the world. We should we should not be of the world. We're going to be around folks in the world, and we're going to have folks that are around us that um, that we may consider friends or acquaintances. But truly, we should be friends with brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, when I'm talking about these things, remember, I'm talking about us. And so the scripture there says, my son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change. For their calamity will rise suddenly. And who knows the ruin those two can bring. I have their forever changing loyalties. What I'm getting at, do you ever have, I mean, and hopefully you're not that person. And if you are, you know, work on it. But how can I be friends with you if I don't even know... Every time I come to see you, um, Jerry, and we're supposed to be going to go do this, you decided, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. I didn't tell you? Oh, I, okay. And that's always like that? I don't know what to do with you, brother, you know? Jerry's not like that, y'all. I just want y'all to know that. But he's sitting right here, so I use him as an example. Thank you, brother. We also don't want to be friends with those who are liars, who are untrustworthy, and those who are inconsiderate. Proverbs 15, excuse me, 25 tells us in verse 18, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Like one who takes away a garment in cold weather and like vinegar or soda, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. Now, now at this point, I'm talking about liars, untrustworthy, those that are untrustworthy and inconsiderate. I think we, we get the liars part. And I, and I, I believe we get the untrustworthy part, right? You, you can't, you, you never, you can't trust someone who's gonna be lying to you all the time or they're lying about something or lying to someone else. But this inconsiderate part, I want you all to even just consider this. Those things that are inconsiderate sometimes. You know, I, I, I'm, when I'm at work, I'm like, I shouldn't have to train you like your mother and father did when I'm talking to those folks that work for me, right? Because, well, I'm not their parent. But sometimes I have to remind them of how to be marriageable and considerate. Sometimes we need that. Let me give you an example. Jerry and I are having a conversation. But you want to talk to Jerry, too. So you make your way all the way across the building, and you start talking to Jerry. Well, what are, well, when am I, a chopped liver? I mean, I'm talking to him also. Wait your turn. Let's not be inconsiderate. I know that sounds like, well, that, we all know that, but do we? That's how we can separate from one another. See, these little things build into big things. And we want to keep friends. We want to keep loved ones. That's what we tell our children, right? We tell our children, wait your turn. Don't, <laughs> we tell our children, don't get involved in grown folks' uh, uh, business, right? Well, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. I'm saying let's be considerate. And that's just one example. We also don't want to be friends with someone who's been, who's given to violence. Now, if you turn over to Proverbs chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. Verse 10 starts by saying, my son, if sinners entice you, 
do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Now, maybe our friends, maybe our brothers and sisters are not given to violence in the sense that they're out getting ready to kill someone or go rob someone for their possessions. But maybe the way they speak, maybe in their actions, maybe they fly off the handles too quickly. Maybe I do that as well. I need to work on that because I don't want to be around someone like that. Again, it's like, why would I want to be around you when you're going to act like that? Why would I want to be friends with you when you are handling yourself in such a violent way? But the friends we do want, the Bible does tell us about, are those who display wisdom themselves. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Just like if you're hanging around someone and, and they have that bad influence, Somebody can have a great and good influence on you. You want to be wise? Hang around wise men. We, we tell people in business to do that. If you want to get wiser, you want to do better. If you want to, if you want to know what it means to be successful, hang around successful people. Talk to, success, talk to someone that's more successful than you and find out what did they do to get to the place they're at. And we can do the same thing when it comes to being wiser, especially when it comes to God's word. Get with someone. Get with someone who you look to and go, you know, they know a little bit more about the Bible than I do. I want to learn more. Let me hang around them. Those are good people to be around. Also, we want to be around those um, that have great counsel. For their teaching will help lead us in the right way. It will lead you in the right way. Proverbs thirteen fourteen says, The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Now, you know, I, I, let, I had a list of all, a long list of people not to hang around, and then just two things about people you should hang around. That's Because it's very simple to me what the Bible says. Be around those that are wise and be around those who can counsel and teach you, not just by the things they say, but by their actions. But I'm going to tell you this, and this is just being real here because I'm a person just like you, human. Often... These type of friends, we, we really, we just don't really want to be around. You know why? Because either they remind us of what we're supposed to be doing, or we really don't feel like doing that today. I don't want to be that way today. I want to, I'm, I'm fine where I'm at. Or maybe we like the way we are, and we don't need them to be trying to influence us. When they are really just trying to live their life the way God will have them to live. They're presenting themselves in the fashion that they believe they should because they're trying to stick to God's word. They ain't even told you what you're doing is wrong. They're just living your their life. You know this already. I'm talking about, think about when you're out and about or you're working and you're around coworkers and 
you behave in a certain way, you don't even have to tell someone that you're a Christian. And they know. And they pick at you. Yes, kids, adults have peer pressure also. In fact, it gets worse as you, after you're an adult. Because some people are trying to keep up with the Joneses. And so you don't act the way you should because, well, right now I need to be this way in order to get ahead. And so you're reminding me of how I'm supposed to be. I don't like that, so I don't want to be your friend. I don't need to, I, I can love you from across the room. We ought not be that way. Because remember, or you should remember, I would hope, what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says. Where it says, do not be um, deceived, evil company, or evil communications, or evil friends, corrupt good habits, or good morals. Different versions would say, a friend who is good and wise is one you want to hold on to. I promise you, you do. To avoid losing good friends, here's some godly wisdom on maintaining friendships. Things which disrupt friendships. It's repeating everything you hear. So, uh, Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers a transgression seeks for love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. What I have there on the board says, I, I, I heard it. I have to tell somebody. They need to know. I'm, I'm doing them a favor. You hear something that somebody said about some, somebody else, and you just know that's wrong, so I need to go and tell him. I, I hear Jerry talking about James, and so I go to James instead of going to Jerry and say, James, man, Jerry been talking about you, and this is exactly what he said. I think I'm helping because now I'm mending fences, when really I'm not. Because now James, when he sees Jerry the next time, may not know how to approach him or talk to him or deal with him because... Well, Jerry feels this way about me when I don't even know the context of what has happened or whatever, whatever the case is not my business. And if I have a problem with it, Matthew chapter 18 tells me what I'm supposed to do. Go to Jerry. Right. I need to uh, excuse me. The other something else that disrupt friendships is getting into senseless arguments. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. You. Do you get that that connotation there? Strife is like releasing water. Once you start releasing water, unless you got you got a tap you can turn off, it just keeps going. All right? We have the power to stop things. Again, going back to what I just talked about. Jerry, you should stop, brother. You know that I'm your brother, I love you, and that's wrong. If you have a problem with with James, you need to go to James. You shouldn't be telling everybody else about your feelings about James. James should know about that. And if y'all have an issue with one another, you, y'all, that's how it can be taken care of. But too often we don't want to do that because we don't want to hurt feelings. We cause more problems when we don't. Here's one. I learned this years ago in Proverbs 25:17. Don't overstay your welcome. The scripture says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house lest he become weary of you and hate you. Here's some advice. I love you, but I'm going to call before I come to your house. We do well to do that. Let me call you. Let me text you. Let me make sure you're home. 
Yes, we all have probably some relationships where we don't have to do that. Okay, fine. But I am telling you, in general, find out that person is home. And then if you are allowed to come to their home, don't stay a long time. Because as much as I love you, I like my space too. I like my time. I'm redeeming my time. Because some people come and stay. I was just, and I'm, it's coming to mind right now. I was having this conversation at work just the other day about squatter rights. Oh, no, it wasn't that word. It was on someone about it. But, but I was thinking about a young man who invited, or his cousin just showed up out of nowhere. Cousin that he's loved for years and known when he was growing up. And he came, he said, well, hey, I was just in town. Can I, nobody's ever just in town. I'm, I'm just in town. Can I, you know, stay with you for a couple of weeks? I'm, I'm passing on. Sure. Stayed a month, two months, three months and passed by. I need you to leave. I ain't, I'm not going anywhere. Squire rights. I hope we don't ever have to go that far. Don't overstay your welcome. That's my point. And that's what the scripture talks about. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Lest you become weary of you and hate you. We also um, find that meddling in affairs not your own will disrupt a, um, a friendship. Proverbs twenty six seventeen. 17. Uh, did, I, did I skip one there? I must have did. Well, that one there says, not minding your own business. Proverbs twenty six seventeen says, he who passes by and mellows in quarrel, not his own. It's like one who takes a dog by his ears. I don't know why you would ever do that. Why you would take a dog by his ears. Um. If you've done that, you know that unless it's a really friendly dog, it's going to reach back and, and bite you. All right. Next one I have is playing bad jokes. Yes. Proverbs 26, um, uh, 26, 18 through 19. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. I was only joking. Being a talebearer. Proverbs 26, 20. On here I have hateful gossip because that's what it means. Hateful gossip. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. Now, now again, we don't need to be gossips in the first place. But what this is talking about here and what I put on there, hateful gossip, it's not just I'm talking bad about you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking bad about you. Even to the point of I'm thinking about doing something bad. You know, it leads to other things. Envy, jealousy, murder. Those are all in scripture together many times. Stop putting kindling on the fire. Being contentious. Proverbs twenty six twenty one: As charcoal is burning, is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. And engaging in insincere flattery. Now, Proverbs twenty-seven, fourteen. I use the amplified version here because I want you all to see exactly what this is talking about. He who uh, blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse to him, for it will either be annoying or his purpose will be suspect. You know people in the church now who you know when they start talking like they. I've been talking about you, Jerry, to James, and we've been gossiping. You come, hey, brother, good to see you this morning. You look great. I love that tie, brother. You know, you're looking good. Mm-hmm. When all the while, James knows, well, you was just talking. Y- y'all understand what I'm getting at? We ought not to be that way. 
Scripture talks about that. Following such advice from the Bible, one is less likely to offend his or her friends. But sometimes we do. And regaining their confidence is not easy. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says, A brother offended is harder to win in a strong city. Then what can be done? Let's consider solving problems with our friends. Proverbs sixteen seven reminds us to first make sure that you are at peace uh, with, with the Lord. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. We have to be slow to anger, as it says there. Proverbs fifteen eighteen. Be slow to respond. You see, you see how these can kind of flow with one another. I'm at peace with God. Let me take a deep breath and not be angry. And when I'm, I see something, I know something, whatever it may be. Let me be slow to respond. He who answers the matter before he hears it, Proverbs eighteen thirteen says, it is folly and shame to him. And then avoid quarreling. It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. We need to speak gently to one another. Proverbs 15.1 says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Be quick to show love. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Now, Proverbs 28.23 says he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. And all of this that we're talking about, sometimes even in the love that we're trying to show, we'll be, um, we're more hesitant sometimes to rebuke than we are to flatter someone. We know they're doing something wrong according to God's word and we're their brother and sister in Christ and we want to help each other get to heaven, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. You're not helping we have to help each other. Help. We have to admonish one another. We have to rebuke one another. And this, as I have up there, is not just an elder's task. You know, Proverbs are written well before the church was established. So this is talking to you individually. This is not just our task. This is all of our tasks. Because we want to help each other get to heaven. And in conclusion, properly applying the wisdom of God found in his word can assure can assure that we enjoy the blessings of good friends in life we can look forward to enjoying these dear friends in life eternal rather than depend upon trial and error to learn how to win friends and influence people let god's word be your guide for all the friends we could possibly develop None can excel and come in comparison to the one we can have with him who truly sticks closer than a brother. With our Lord Jesus Christ. My question is, as I have on there, are are you a friend with Jesus? Are you a friend of Jesus? Consider what he says and what the scripture says. Greater love has no man in this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And consider what he asks of us. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you, John fifteen fourteen. Well, God and G- Jesus commands us um, in, in Matt, excuse me, Mark chapter sixteen. It says, and he and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And get this, and this was said again this morning: He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. I know there are some 
here and some online, some in the world who are just not ready. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I thought about Terrence Grider. He said, don't get ready, be ready. We want to be ready when Jesus comes back. And I'll tell you, if you have not put on Christ through baptism, you are not ready to meet God. You want to be ready. And we want to be ready together. So if there are friendships that need to be mended, let's do that. Let's have peace with God. Having peace with one another. Have peace with God first. Have peace with one another so that we can help each other get to heaven. It's going to be so wonderful to be there. So wonderful to to be there and uh, find out. I don't know if y'all have watched the kids, uh, the um, the Bible studies on, on Sunday mornings. But uh, the Madsons, a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about heaven. It, it kind of got there. It wasn't, it was, it, it kind of got sidetracked. But I love the kids' classes because it was asked, Ray Lynn asked, she said, well, are we going to eat in heaven? You know, it's a great question, right? And whether we have that question or not, it would be so great to be there to find out if we do. See, let's get there first, right? And I, I love that question because even as a child, I'm curious of what heaven is going to be like. If you are curious of what heaven is going to be like, be like, first start here and get ready. The water is ready. We're available whenever you are ready. As long as God allows us to have breath in our lungs. In just a moment, we will stand and sing uh, a song of invitation. Whatever you need, I ask that you come as we stand to sing.